This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Friday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy January 22nd. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who has been a backwards hat guy since at least 2008, Jerem Jordan. Well, it probably goes back to the mid-90s with Ken Griffey Jr., you know? So someone tweeted this at me. They were like, hey, is this you? And I said, yes, from 2008, me interviewing uh, Lamont Morgan Jr. at Tricky wow. Tanner. Yeah, uh, sent this to me. So I looked at this and I thought, wait, did I have more swag in 08 than, than 2021? The answer is yes! You look at that picture with your long sleeve shirt yep. and your plaid cold. button up and backwards hat. Yeah. And that to you defines swag. Well, swaggier. Okay. Doesn't define swag. <laughs> I don't define swag in I'm any just way, shape, or form. giving you a hard form. time. I have no room to talk because I was looking at engagement pictures that I had in 2003 and I could fit a family of four inside the legs of the pants that I had on. Yeah, different era, right? It just. You, you wonder why. Different why era. were certain things popular? Why? See, yours, you could probably still wear that today, and yeah. nobody would really say anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely wear that. I could not wear the pants I had on my engagement picture without people saying, what are you wearing? Why are you doing this? Why? <laughs> why, yeah. why? Why are you doing this? Hey, hold on to your hats for today's show lineup. BYU basketball, now a top 30 team in the net rankings. How would you define the identity of this team? It's a moving target, but clearly it's working. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joins us live at the halfway point. What does he know about a team full of surprises? We'll go deep blue with BYU freshman Caleb Lohner, how he's full of surprises even off the floor, and the most humorous and awkward BYU Sports Moments. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU beats Portland 95-67 last night at home, led by Matt Harms. Perfect 9 of 9 from the field, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Even made a 3-pointer, 23 points, 6 rebounds, 3 block performance. The 9 of 9 was the second most makes without a miss in BYU history. Cougars are 12-3 and overall, 3-1 and in league, and host Pepperdine tomorrow, 10 Eastern time on ESPN2, BYU Radio with the radio pregame an hour before. Nice win for the Cougs. We'll break it down a little bit more later. Bring on some fresh BYU bracketology from ESPN's Joe Lenardi. The Cougars now a 10 seed and facing UConn. Interestingly enough, a team BYU was supposed to face earlier this season at the Mohegan Sun, but it was essentially COVID-altered, and BYU ended up playing St. John's. Jerry Palm of CBS Sports also has BYU as a 10 seed, facing the 7 seed Xavier. As I mentioned, BYU top 30 in net, number 29 to be exact, and number 48 in the Ken Palm Index as of today. It's a championship Sunday in the NFL playoffs. Former Cougars Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the, N- the NFC title game. Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs uh, host the Bills in the AFC title game. So, big time. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Hopefully, we can get uh, those three Cougs pairing up in the Super Bowl. That could be fun. It's always fun to have a BYU player, at least one, in the Super Bowl. It'd be nice to go head-to-head because then at least one wins. Yes. Uh, and it was fun when Daniel Sorensen and Fred Warner went head-to-head. That was great. BYU women's basketball in the midst of some significant scheduling frustration due to COVID protocols on the heels of yesterday's postponed game at Portland. Now tomorrow's BYU at Gonzaga game. 
has been postponed. That makes three straight postponements for the ladies. And it's four or five. So real frustration right now. Okay, number 14, BYU Gymnastics competes at number 25, Boise State, tonight. Who's won the last three versus the Broncos? No word on if Tyler Algier will compete in the beam. <laughs> the Gym Cats looking for some uh, help from Tyler Algier. Yeah, maybe Baylor Romney will be there. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Perhaps Forrest Gump, played by Tom Hanks, said it best. When he said, life is like a box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get. Which he was quoting his mom. He was quoting his mother. But I feel like that with BYU basketball right now, Jerem. Depending on the game, I don't know what to expect from BYU basketball other than they're winning most of the games. Do you like the unknown of BYU basketball right now? I would rather have the known, honestly. Um, it's a style I'm more comfortable with, but I like winning more than I like anything else. Give me the caramel inside the chocolate every time. Yeah, I, well, if it's a box of chocolates, uh, it's probably different than uh, winning. It, yeah, <laughs> if I'm hungry, I want food. That's the generalization there, I guess. But yeah, right now it's interesting. BYU's winning, and they're doing different ways. Obviously, it's a different style overall from last year. It's more rebounding and defense. It's not... Uh, you know, these, these three dudes that could score 20 any game. BYU's not having a guy score 20 even that often, right? It's uh, Alex Barcelo, and if he doesn't score, all of a sudden Matt Harms uh, with 23. And that Alex was awesome. had 10 points last night. Good game. Six yeah, rebounds, he four assists. He's, he's not needing to score 20 for BYU to win, which is good. We thought that earlier in the year, but uh, that has evolved quite a bit. It says a lot about this coaching staff. Last year, BYU had a, a model that worked crazy well. You had three superstars. You led the country in, in three-point shooting. This year, BYU won a game with one, on the road uh, against St. Mary's with one three-pointer. It's different. It's rebounding. It's defense. It's a different type of offense. Different guys are, are showing up. Trevin Nell made three threes last night. BYU's still kind of 10 deep, figuring it out right. Gideon George doesn't play in the first half, plays a little bit in the second half, makes a three. It's just kind of different. Connor Harding is a guy who goes from starter to he's in the game still in a blowout. But he's making some nice passes, making a three in the corner. So it's just kind of different. Um, and by the way, BYU needed Matt Harms and Brandon Averett to be in this situation. So this staff went out and got those guys, one of which had a relationship, obviously, at UVU with Coach Pope. Matt Harms, they had no relationship. And they got him to come here, and he just had an incredible game. So credit this, this coaching staff with doing a tremendous job of doing it differently. BYU has some really good coaches. There have been times in the past where sometimes I wondered, okay, uh, what, what's going on with this group together uh, as a collective roster and coaching staff. And uh, this team is figuring it out in different ways. So I, I tip my hat to them to be able to be 12-3 and three right now. is pretty impressive with a new-look group. We asked basketball stats guru Ken Pomeroy yesterday, what is BYU doing well? In fact, what, what do they do best? And he gave us this answer. You know, they do a lot of things uh, well. They're not great at anything. Uh, this is, And I think that's the personality of the team when you're watching them. You know, you just don't see a team that's going to just, you know, dominate necessarily from the get-go. Uh, you know, they're not going to go on explosive runs maybe like they did last year. Uh, but uh, but they're just solid on both sides of the ball. And over the course of 40 minutes, you know, that, that wears down a lot of teams. I think that perfectly sums it up. Solid on both sides of the ball. And because – Food and desserts are often on my mind, Jeremy. I compare it to chocolate chip cookies. The coaching staff, they have all of the ingredients to make chocolate chip cookies. It's not hard. Like most chocolate chip cookies taste pretty good. You have to be pretty bad to not right? nail it. Exactly. Chip like they have the right ingredients. 
I think they're just searching for the perfect mixture in each and every game. It, it feels like it's going to be a different, uh, maybe a little bit more sugar here, a little bit less flour this time. Let's throw in a few more chocolate we chips this time. We ran out of eggs. Yeah. What are we going to do? We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. And so, yeah, the chocolate cookies aren't always going to taste as good as other games, but they'll always essentially be pretty good. I mean, BYU forgot the sugar a couple of games against USC and Gonzaga. And, well, Gonzaga uh, took the sugar. <laughs> <laughs> They're just awesome. I'm fine with that. Yes. I'm like, here, take the cookies. It's fine. Yeah, that, there, there were some bad batches, but for the most part, it's going to State was one where I was like, How, what? Yeah. No, it's going to be good. Like the first batch was You didn't bad. pre-eat the oven? Yeah. yeah. We had to wait a while, and then, then it got going, but it was too late. Yeah. Okay? So I, I compare it to that. Like, it's going to be pretty good, but the combination is always going to be a little bit different. Yeah, so to your original question, do I like the unknown? Not as much as I like the known, but I like winning. And, and Ken Palm is right. Let's define what he's saying. So, uh, you know, offensive efficiency, BYU's 55th in the country. That's how many points you score per 100 possession. 100 possessions. Then defensively, BYU's 51st. So BYU's not great, but they're in the upper crust, like 50 out of uh, 340 or whatever this year. For some teams that have opted out. So, yeah, BYU's uh, a good team. Is BYU a great team? I would say no. Solid on both sides. Yeah. Uh, BYU's good to very good. Somewhere in there, right? Beating Utah. That's very good, man. Beating Winning at San Diego State. Utah State, St. Mary's. Those are all very good wins. Like, BYU doesn't have a great win because BYU couldn't get a great team to schedule them in non-conference play, per se, right? Um, USC, you could argue, is borderline. But they're not, like, top 20. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, BYU didn't have Maui this year to be able to take advantage. But what it, to me, it's less about that, which is not as controllable in a pandemic, especially. It's mostly, how, who is BYU? How is BYU playing? What are they doing? And they're doing it totally different than last year. A lot of staffs just kind of do the one thing, the one way. Can you be a de- is the coaching staff coachable? A hundred percent. They're doing it differently. They're adapting. Adapt or die very much applies yeah. to BYU basketball this year from and if, a staff and player standpoint. And if BYU didn't make the NCAA tournament this year, I'd go, listen, you lost like three of the best players ever. Uh, it makes sense. But BYU's in everybody's bracket right now, which is pretty notable. Yet it's January twenty second. Gotta keep it going, gotta stay healthy, gotta play well. And, but BYU's in position to do something that matters, which brings us to topic two. We inch closer to March Madness day by day, so let's do our daily resume update. We're at the point now where we can do this every day. So let's talk, like you mentioned. Net, 29. That's up five last yep. night. Thank you, San Francisco. Ken Palm, 48, plus four. So mm-hmm. BYU now into the top 50. BPI, 38. That's plus four from last Woo. night. Sagarin, 25, plus three. 25. A lot of people gauge the Sagarin ratings as, you know, one of the more prominent ones. Like they, they well, there's six of, prominent ones. A lot of credence to the, the Sagarin ratings. Yeah. Yeah. The attorney, yeah, attorney says there's six that matter. Okay. And I'm listing those six ESPN strength of record, 16 plus five, and KPI, 17 plus six. Oof. So BYU is from 17 to 48. But the, the mean <laughs> there is like in the low 30s. The That's, irony here is it happened after Portland, Jerem. <laughs> yeah. BYU strength of schedule went down quite a bit last night. Like in one metric, it was down 16. Uh, but bracketology, as you're seeing, so Lenardi's bracket, 10 seed. Palm, Jerry Palm, 10 seed. Bracket Matrix, 9. So things are going well. Things are going really well. Just avoid the 8-9. BYU's got to be really good to get to like a 6-7 spot, and they have to probably just kind of maintain to be a 10. But there's an opportunity for BYU to make this nice run down the stretch if they can avoid non-Gonzaga uh, you know, losses. I'd, listen, I, I think BYU's going to lose somewhere. 
but I, I don't know where outside of Gonzaga. Um, I think there's going to be one game where something, a Boise State happens. Granted, Boise State's pretty good, actually, this year. Top so, 20. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not sure is going to rip off like the next 11 before Gonzaga, but maybe. They might. That's the thing. They might. And the trend is fantastic, but the one thing that I wish I knew compared to last year is that BYU had a guy other than Alex Barcelo that could just take over the game. We knew that if Yoli Childs wasn't playing well, that's okay because Jake Toulson can go off. Yoli wasn't relied on every moment. It was sort of this uh, triumvirate, right? Yeah, or if Jake Toulson's not shooting well, that's okay. TJ Haas can take the game over, and then Yoli's going to be solid. Like We always knew or felt we knew that more than likely two of the three would show up, and if two of the three showed up, then BYU would win the game. Yeah, That's how it worked. This year it's like, uh, okay, let's going to make a let's, shot? Let's, who's gonna, yeah, who's going to take the big shot late first, and who's going to make it? I do have a concern for BYU basketball right now, even though things are going really well. BYU does need more consistent three-point shooting from a couple individuals. Like, who is it going to be game to game? BYU's not reliant on the three-point shot, but you do have to make threes. So Trevin Nell made three. That's good. He's in the starting lineup for the third game in a row. Connor Harding knocked down a couple. Yep, that was good. Uh, Gideon George. I'm fine it even if it's the collective. I just need the team to continue to shoot it well. BYU's the second-best three-point shooting team in the league. You can guess who's first. But I would like that to continue because there's going to be games where it's going to be tough on the inside, although that's BYU's biggest competitive advantage right now is the physicality, the rebounding, the defense, the length inside. Two-point field goal percentage. Matt Harms. Yes, the two-point field goal percentage is so good. Let's quantify it. 55%. 55%. So good. 34th in the country. I would argue that's what BYU does best of all the metrics. Okay. So I feel that's like, probably hey, what BYU does if best. If BYU shoots 35% as a team from the three-point line. They're about that. Yeah. If they keep doing that and 55% from all two-point field goals. Who's going to beat BYU exactly. besides Gonzaga? Exactly. They're going to win, the, they're gonna win weird, the majority of the game. I just think it'll be a weird game. Um, I don't Always know is. when. Yeah, it, like it's sports. It happens. Everybody plays a weird game. I don't care how good you are. You know. There always is. In fact, it might be against Pepperdine tomorrow. We don't know. It might be at Pepperdine following. So Pe- Pepperdine beats Pacific, like pounds them last night, which was shocking because Pacific was 5-1 and one and, and kind of like sneaky. 2-0 in the conference at that point. And Pepperdine had str- has struggled uh, this year, yet they have this two-man game with Kessler Edwards and Colby Ross, which is interesting. So Saturday's game, keep, keep an eye on yeah. BYU's got to bring it. Now Pepperdine all of a sudden has jumped like 50 spots in the net rankings in the last few games, and are they formidable? Like, Is this now a tough game for BYU to win, not just at home, but in Malibu when you play them back-to-back? Ken Palm, 84% and 72%. Okay. Our question of the day has nothing to do with BYU basketball, but rather comments from the new Detroit Lions head coach, Dan Campbell. And you may be thinking, why why are you going that far off the radar? You need to watch the video. Yes. You need to Google Dan Campbell's comments at his introductory press conference. Also, Shaquille O'Neal had some things to say to Utah Jazz star Donovan Mitchell last night about saying, look, you're one of my favorite players, but I don't think you can go next level. Whatever next level is. And Donovan Mitchell responded with simply, I. And that was it. What's it was super awkward. And they just stared at each other I in the camera. I disagree. Okay. So, based on those two things that happened recently, what are the funniest or most awkward moments in BYU sports? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. 
Allison Cap answers on Twitter, and I love this one. Quoting Lavelle Edwards, I'd rather lose and live in Provo than win and live in Laramie. Hey, amen, man. It's an all-timer from the great Lavelle Edwards. I felt something there when I heard that. Jeremiah Hale on Twitter, funniest. Dawes shoe throw, that was at Tennessee. <laughs> Jarrett Garantano, who transferred to uh, Washington State, right? I heard that. Is BYU's playing yeah. him. Is BYU playing Washington State this year? or is it the On the year? road in Pullman. Yeah, so Garantano again. And then Riley Nelson's ref, uh, high five. That was funny. Utes tackling their own teammate, 2009 overtime, I think. The Hauk hug is a funny moment after the Hail Mary in Nebraska. Max Hall's rant, let's go. Coming up, who is Alex Barcelo's NBA comp, according to Avery Johnson? And the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joins us. At a little more than halfway point of the basketball season, what does he know about this mysterious BYU basketball team? This is BYU Sports Nation. There he is. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Do you like winning? Do you like baskets? Do you like threes? Well, you're going to want to listen to BYU Radio tomorrow night then. Uh, BYU and Pepperdine pregame starts on Cougar Pregame Live, 9 Eastern as the waves come to town. We are live in Studio B on a Friday with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the swaggy. Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, a man who also has swag, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, back on the show. Happy Friday, Greg. You are a busy man and only going to get busier with the COVID-delayed women's soccer season starting up. Throw that into BYU basketball. Baseball's coming along short. How is your travel schedule shaping up for the spring? Uh, it's, uh, it's quickly populating. My apps are filling up with flights and hotels and things, and it's a beautiful thing. Well, what was it like to be back in the Marriott Center, by the way? Because I think it, it, it probably felt like a year. It was like a month ago. Yeah, for me, it was 40 days because I actually missed the Texas Southern home game. I was in Florida for the Boca Raton Bowl, so it had been longer for me. I hadn't called a home game since uh, the December 12th game against Utah. So it, uh, it, it was nice to be back and get that courtside seat again. And, and even without fans uh, in the building, it still feels good to be at home. And I know the players loved shooting on those rims again, and they said it made a big difference. And I, I, you know, I just, just wait for the day when we can feel the vibe of a home crowd filling the stands before game time. I'm not sure when that will be. I hope it's this season at some point because it makes a big difference. Uh, but either way, uh, it's, uh, it's great to have three home games in a week and a half after BYU playing only three home games in seven weeks. And that's what the schedule's given BYU. Amen to all of that. Greg, when you look at what this BYU basketball team has done, now 12 wins in 15 games, they've won three straight, all in conference. They're clearly pacing to be the second-best team in the West Coast Conference, yet we kind of feel like identifying who this team is is a moving target. So at essentially the halfway point of the season, what do you feel like we know about this mysterious BYU team? Well, I I think the identity has been established, and that's toughness. Mm. This is a tough, tough team, and they can win in a variety of ways. Last night we saw them hit 14 threes. Okay, and that's that's kind of like, well, that's BYU basketball. That's that's the kind of Mark Pope team we're used to seeing. 14 threes make sense. Well, they they beat St. Mary's with one three. So that's also BYU basketball. And so that's, that's where this team is right now. Um, you can take away a certain element of their game. They'll find something else to go to. And ultimately, as we saw in both those wins in the Bay Area over the weekend, when it's closing time, 
It's a really tough team, even tougher uh, at clamping down, making big, play, big plays when needed. And it really comes from up and down the roster. That, that, that's, I think, the other big storyline from this team is a two deep has developed. It's not straight position for position too deep, but it's 10 guys all play all contribute. And every coach would love to say, yeah, we've got, you've got nine or 10 guys, but you know, nine or 10 guys that really have significant roles. That's a hard thing to find. Usually that's kind of limited to maybe six, seven guys. You really, really count on. Well, they're counting on those 10 guys and, and seriously, serious minutes and, and, and big roles and important roles. And so I think that's a, that's a huge thing about this team is BYU can kind of come at you in waves a bit right now. And maybe not a coincidence that you know, late, late in games is when BYU tends to play some of its best basketball. Um, you know, the, the depth and the size can wear down an opponent. And we saw it again last night. You know, BYU's been a real good second-half team all year, and it's been even more pronounced in league than it was out of league. Uh, they're about, you know, 14, 15 points a game better right now in the second half of games uh, in conference. And so they get stronger as they go along, and they figure some things out as they go along. They make adjustments as the game progresses. A lot of real positives with the, the depth BYU has right now. Yeah, I love what the coaching staff's done because it was one business model uh, you know, and way to do things last year. Now it's different, so that's credit to them. And uh, last night was the Matt Harms game, Greg. Uh, nine for nine, second most makes without a miss in a game BYU history. 23 points. He was awesome. This is what we thought he could do, and we saw his best game as a Cougar so far. Well, last time I was on the show with you guys, you asked me, after Alex Barcelo, who's the most likely candidate to be the number two scorer? And I said at the time, well, Matt Harms. It made the most sense then. I think it makes the, makes the most sense now. He's 7'3", and takes a lot of his shots right at the rim. Uh, so the potential is there to have that kind of game like he had last night. And, and it was good to see him finally make a three, because we know he can hit it. He wasn't a major volume three-point shooter at Purdue, but he shot a better number there than he had been shooting here in Provo. And, and there was a sense of relief, uh, some exaltation. The guys really loved to see it uh, when he hit that shot, because that's part of his game, too. So he really can be the, uh, the complete package for BYU. And I think the number two in the big three, big three, Barcelo, Harms, and Averick, all three got in double figures last night. And then you're getting other guys in doubles, as we've come to expect from now Richard Howard, who's done it in five of the last six games, for example. So, um, you know, Matt had, uh, you know, an all-timer of a game for BYU last night, but he wasn't the guy putting up all-time numbers. wasn't the only guy putting up all-time numbers. Uh, AB had had eight rebounds. That's a college career high for him. Uh, Caleb Lohner's career is young, but six helpers. Uh, for a guy that uh, specializes in rebounds. And so that was encouraging to see as well. A lot of good things to like last night. Yes, Portland struggles mightily, uh, but still, you know, they, they, they took a close game and made it really unclose really quickly in the second half. Greg Rubel with us on BYU Sports Nation, the voice of the Cougars. Which or what part of BYU's game as a team, or maybe even an individual, has been the biggest surprise to you thus far? Well, I don't want to say, I don't want to call it a surprise, um, but maybe the level to which he's excelled has impressed me more than I thought I would be impressed. And that's Alex Barcelo. When you go from the number four guy to the number one guy and do it the way he's done it uh, on greater volume and be a better shooter across the board and every category, more rebounds, more assists, just better play overall when you got to be the guy, that's really impressive. And again, I think we all knew uh, it was in him. But uh, to the extent he's excelled is, has been uh, truly uh, exemplary. And uh, it, it's been wonderful to see. Uh, he's, uh, 
you know, everything you want in a teammate. Uh, he can do it different ways, too. Like Mark Pope was telling us in the postgame show last night, if it, if it needs to be a high assist night, he can do that. A high scoring night, he can do that. Um, he can do different things on different nights, regardless of, of what's required. And, and again, to be so good with so much more volume. Again, it was, it was, it was Toulson, Haas, and Childs last year. He was the next guy, the other guy. And you get lost sometimes. You get less attention. It's maybe easier to get your looks. Well, this year, it's all eyes on Alex Barcelo. And, and, and some guys, you know, might shrink from that. Their games might look different because of that. They might go, well, if I can't score, I can't contribute, but that's not him at all. So that's, uh, while not truly surprising, I think it's just been impressive um, how good he has been uh, on the greater volume and the responsibility and what BYU needs from him this year. It was a good night for BYU in terms of jumping up uh, in the resume and bracketology. Joe Lenardi uh, about half an hour ago says BYU is up to a nine seed and 36th overall. Uh, BYU climbs in, into the top 30 in net. How do you feel about where BYU fits right now in the tournament resume? Yeah, it's a different situation from last year in terms of where they were in the conference campaign. But uh, you know, a lot of their metrics uh, are, are already better now than they were through 15 games or at the same point of the season last year. So BYU's pacing for a single-digit seed right now in the NCAA tournament. And it's, you know, Ken Palm says, you know, BYU's favored in the next 11 games. They've already won three. You know, can BYU really go on a 14-game win streak in league? Uh, you know, Gonzaga is at least usually the only, the only team that, that does that. Um, so on paper, BYU's supposed to win 14 straight games. Well, that's a lot easier said than done. It's hard to do that in any league. And and invariably, you know, you have those games. BYU almost had one, for example, last year at San Diego, right? That would have been a, a quote-unquote bad loss. BYU comes up, makes a big play in the final seconds, and, and gets out of there with a win they absolutely needed to have, which brings us back to this point. Since Mark Pope's been the head coach, guys, zero bad losses. I mean, not a one. And, and, and what's kind of held BYU up in the past in the WCC has been those quote-unquote slip-up games, right? The games you lose, you're not supposed to lose. Well, yeah, BYU didn't win the league last year. That was going to be Gonzaga, but they still didn't quote-unquote slip up. They had no bad losses. The losses were explainable. And, and so if you're, if you're perfect in quad three and quad four, and that's what BYU's been now for a season and a half, you're probably an NCAA tournament team. And, and you just hope that, that Eddie you know, a little hiccup, if it does come, isn't too punitive for BYU because they've had an amazing run. They don't lose back-to-back games. They don't lose quad three or quad four games. They take care of business. That's been really impressive. And the numbers say they're going to take care of a lot of business here over the next month and a half. If they do, fantastic. It would really be tremendous to see BYU get to, like the paper says, 23-3. and three. Well, you know, that, that's, that, that, that's a high-bracket team at that point. So uh, it looks promising, but a lot of work to be done. And you can find every game and have it be a scary game in the West Coast Conference one way or another. Guys, would you indulge me with one thing before we uh, take off here? You bet. Today? So I was thinking about this. As, as you talked about uh, just with me, uh, you know, what makes this team special or what's surprising. Or uh, I, I think about how they've got this two deep going, right? They're, they're 10 guys right now. And no disrespect to Jesse Wade or Hunter Erickson or, or Brandon War, but I, I'm focusing on 10 guys. And I'm going to take you a little bit inside here. So when BYU does a game day scout, they, they line up BYU players, and then they line up the scout players, and they have the BYU players who have their primary responsibility for that player, and they have to give a three-word description of the guy they're guarding, mm. and only three words. 
Okay. And so you got it. You have to have studied, you have to focus, you have to distill it down to those three words. Well, I, I want to do a three word exercise for the 10 guys at BYU's playing. Can we do that real quick? Yes. It's only an hour show, Greg. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it, Greg. I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go through the two deep. And I'm going to give you three words that I think about each guy. Okay. All right, and then that'll close us out. Okay. Alex Barcelo, shooter, leader, winner. Love it. Brandon Averett, fast, crafty, clutch. Yes, clutch. Mm, clutch. Trevin Nell, physical shot maker. Ladies, man. Uh, Colby, Col- well, yeah, we're trying to keep it on the floor. Uh, Colby Lee, quickie monster, dependable. Matt Harms, finisher, rim protector. Tall? Richard Harward. Richard goes without saying. Uh, Richard Harward. Richard Harward, force of nature. Okay. 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 Caleb, Caleb Lohner, rebounder, constantly improving. Uh, Spencer Johnson, smooth shooter, determined. Instapot. Gideon George, Gideon, Gideon George, <laughs> versatile, freaky athletic, and uh, Connor Harding, team guy, grinder. Those are my three-word descriptions for the two deep BYU's going on right now. That's my scout yeah. of the current Cougars for you. Hoagies and grinders, navy beans, navy beans. That's what I think of. Yeah. Okay, Greg, I've got three words to explain you. Intelligent wordsmith. You cool with that? I'm okay with that. Is Wordsmith one funny. word? Can we get another one? I, can't I, don't, I don't know. Is Wordsmith, I don't, I don't know. One, word? is Wordsmith one word? We'll figure yeah. that out later. It probably is. Okay. I'll take, I'll take yeah. two. Prepared. Yeah. Intelligent craft. You're crafty too, Greg. Greg Rebell, thanks so much for the <laughs> time. Is a good compliment? No, I'm yes, just of course it is. Greg on the Deseret First Credit Union Highline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And the fact that they have to sit there and know the scout. It's not just like, oh, he like shoots well and he's left-handed or something. Like, No, it's like distinct things, right? I love that. Okay, coming up, the newest Deep Blue with the one and only Caleb Lohner, who's always improving. And is this the best BYU basketball team in recent memory at this point of the season? This is BYU Sports Nation. Okay. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Watch BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. A new episode drops later today on our social media platforms. And, of course, catch previous episodes on demand. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. When a problem comes along, you must whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Joe Lenardi has BYU as a nine seed. Jerry Brackets, Jerry Brackets, Jerry Palm wants to be Jerry Brackets, uh, has BYU as a 10 seed. How much higher can the Cougars climb? If BYU does what Ken Palm is projecting they will do, favored in the next 11 games, and they win 14 straight, BYU will be as high as a 6 seed at that juncture. And then, depending on what they look like against Gonzaga, they might drop down a little bit. But, Jerem, realistically, I think the ceiling for BYU is a six seed based on how their schedule shakes out. I agree. If BYU beats everybody until uh, and through the West Coast Conference Tournament, BYU would be 24-5 and five on Selection Sunday. I'm thinking 23-6 and six is a serious thing that could happen. 22-7, and seven, BYU would still probably be in at that point. But uh, 24-5 and five would be unbelievable. Worthy of a six seed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just don't be 8-9. How about this comparison last night? Avery Johnson, who I love, is a great personality. Avery Johnson. Yes. He was the uh, 
commentator joining uh, our boy Carter Blackburn. Carter Blackburn, thank you, last night on CBS Sports. Avery Johnson compared Alex Barcelo to John Stockton last night. Is that a fair comparison? Uh, yeah. I, I, is Alex Barcelo going to be John Stockton? No. But what Alex does is he's kind of a, you know an undersized guard, a 6'1 or 2, uh, leader, focused, extremely stout, respected. Tough, good shooter. Good shooter, good yep. Passer. Defender. Yeah, I see it from that perspective. Chest hair, same deal. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I first heard <laughs> it, I thought, wow, that's quite the compliment. Maybe a stretch. But like you, I thought yeah. about it some more. And, well, he's a good passer. He never really turns the ball over. His assist-to-turnover ratio is awesome. He's a better rebounder than John Stockton. and He's, he's a better interviewer than John Stockton. <laughs> he went to BYU, not Gonzaga. <laughs> and he's uh, just as good, if not a better, college shooter than John Stockton was. So I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Pepperdine's Kessler Edwards is averaging 19.6 rebounds a game. Will BYU hold him under his averages tomorrow night? I think Kessler Edwards is going to shoot the ball a lot. So I don't think BYU will hold who I think is an NBA guy, under his average. It's like 19 points, I expect him to hit that mark. Yeah, I think he'll hit 20-plus. Last night he had 37 points, 11 rebounds, and hit six of nine threes. Woo! You think he's confident coming into the BYU games because they're going to play Pepperdine back-to-back? Woo! Yeah, it's a two-game series. Winner advances to the West Coast Conference second-round tournament. <laughs> it's automatic. Maybe Pepperdine is making their push to be the third-best West Coast Conference team because it feels like the race for number three is wide open. San Francisco. AKA the NIT. St. Mary's held on against Loyola Marymount last night. Pacific lost, as we mentioned, to Pepperdine bad. Is Santa Clara that team? Who's the third-best team in the West Coast Conference? Is there one? <laughs> Pepperdine, probably. It's weird that it's not St. Mary's. They did have to play Gonzaga and BYU already. But BYU had to play Gonzaga and St. Mary's and San Francisco all on the road, so no sympathy here. Probably Pepperdine. But I don't – none of the – like, there's no NIT team from the league right now. You maybe San Francisco? May, maybe San Francisco. There's maybe St. Mary's. Yeah, probably. But it's the NIT, whatever. So I, I'm going to qualify yeah, this you're a right, bit. you're right. With Alex Dukas in the lineup – it's St. Mary's, but he's not playing because he's injured. If and BYU when has a starter out, if Gavin and Baxter. when Alex Dukas gets back, then he will be, he will make St. Mary's the third best team in the league. But it doesn't mean they'll be a tournament team. No, yeah, they're not a tourney team this year to me. They've they've got to change some things quite a bit. I just want St. Mary's to finish in the top seventy-five because guess what? Yeah. Right now, San Francisco sixty-eight, St. Mary's seventy-six. <laughs> For the moment, BYU almost has four Quadrant 1 victories. That'd be awesome, right? Okay, 12-3 overall. Is this the best BYU team through 15 games in the Cougars' West Coast Conference history? Oh, I still think last year's team is a little bit better. The record is the strongest argument for this team based on what they've done on the road to open up conference play, right? But I still give the edge to last year's. T.J. Haas, Jake Toulson, Yoli Childs team as the best through 15 games. Uh, yeah, and they they had a, they were 11 and four. They played nine without Yoli Childs too. Yeah, those were all non-conference. Um, yeah, going in. So, and then, yeah, I, I don't think this year's is. But what last year's team did was be the best West Coast Conference team. Period. Uh, 13 and three. This team could equal that. They really could. If they don't if if they don't lose a you know another non-Gonzaga game. I think there were two losses only. You're going to go 14 and two. That'd be incredible. 13 and three. I think BYU could equal that. 14 and two, and still lose the league by two games. <laughs> I 
I'm okay losing the league. I really That's am. Fun. I'm like completely comfortable with conceding to the number one team in the country. Why wouldn't you be? I am 100% fine no, with being the non-Gonzaga champion in the West Coast Conference. If BYU was in the ACC, would it be like, no, we need to challenge every year Duke. This year Duke stinks. But Duke! It's like, no. Come on. Under the NFL. Big playoff weekend ahead for several former Cougars with their respective NFL teams. I ask this question, Jerem. Will there be more Jamal Williams touchdowns or Dirty Dan interceptions this weekend? I wish we did takeaways because Daniel Sorensen forced a fumble last week. Okay, let's, do, so let's if, change if we it did, on the fly. Take if we did away. takeaways, then it's, I think it's Daniel Sorensen because in the red zone, uh, you know, Jamal's not getting the ball a ton, and Aaron Rodgers is throwing it a lot. I love that the, the Kansas City Chiefs social media team is pushing Daniel Sorensen to be more active on social media. Good luck with sending that. Sending out tweets. No, like, but it, whenever he does send out a tweet, it's usually very clever. Uh, I think the uh, the tweet he sent out was the picture of him making the tackle at the goal line, just saying uh, access denied or something like yeah. that. And I was like, yeah, Listen, Daniel. People, people love Daniel Sorensen because he's relatable. He looks like them. You know what I mean? He looks yeah. like, a, but like he's a freak athlete. He's been an undrafted free agent in the NFL for a long time. Like he's been unbelievable in the NFL. It's he said awesome. he wanted to be Eric Weddle, and yeah. uh, he's making a case to do that, Jerem. Like, like he's he's not quite there, but he's trended really well. Yes, yeah. I mean he's got to get to some Pro Bowls. Eric was an all timer, right? But Dan doesn't have to do anything more to have had an awesome career. Honestly, Incredible. if he did nothing yeah. more, it would have been amazing. Okay, coming up, prop picks for Pepperdine tomorrow. Plus, BYU basketball freshman Caleb Lohner and his unlimited fashion sense on display in Deep Blue next. And some other things, too. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU TV app is the place to watch recent and old BYU sports games. Get your VOD fix on the BYU TV app today. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. You know, Caleb Lohner can be described a lot of ways, but let's just do this. He's a fun-loving adrenaline junkie, and he's found a home at BYU. This deep blue feature with Caleb Lohner, presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. This Christmas morning for you guys, I kid you not. Super active, independent, stubborn kid. <laughs> Caleb Lohner is this six foot, eight and a half, 235 pound specimen. I think anything where he feels like he can get a little bit of a thrill, he's game for it. <laughs> and he'll get, just kind of migrate to it. I don't know who he is. Body of a Greek guy that looks like it was just chiseled, right? He's like a surfer dude. But he's like the hardest worker and most diligent guy I've had in the gym. He's like this incredibly honest, self-introspective young man that is like the quickest dude to laugh and joke and smile. He's like the swaggiest dude ever. I would describe my sense of fashion as very spontaneous. I think fashion kind of helps separate you and... Um, certain situations, and I think being a basketball player, it's cool to kind of have your own swag. So that's been fun. He'll get up in the morning, he'll train, and he'll, tra- he'll train as much as anyone, he probably does, and he'll work as hard as anybody. But then he'll also go have a great time. I saw a video of him recently where his buddy was driving a 
dirt bike and so he laid his body down behind the jump and he had to jump over I'm like what are we doing coming from Texas I was going to a public school really big public school and there just started to become this question of whether I really liked playing basketball and I think it was this mental battle that kind of came across throughout all these different other trials and things that were going on in my life and I just started to lose focus of what was really important to me. And I don't know if it was just all the pressure that was getting to him. Plus, just he was so committed for so long and doing it so often, right? I think it warned him. I think he got tired. And the more I kind of figured out what that was, the more I realized that I needed a change. So I decided to go to Wasatch Academy um, to kind of start fresh, start new. And after being at Wasatch, I just kind of had this new spark, this being around new guys, playing at a higher level of basketball. This, we were a really good team. Um, it kind of brought back some of that like emotion of the love of the game that I have. And so the more I played, the more we went through that year, I just, it was back. Like it just kind of clicked. I don't know when and where, but one day I woke up and like all of my love was back and I knew hey this is something I want to do sometimes when you hear of somebody that's like I don't know how much do I love basketball how much do I want to play basketball do you wonder if they're really committed and he's the exact opposite like he stays on this floor with coach Burgess for at least a half an hour after every single practice during the whole summer you know, I had to roll, but sometimes in the office really later, I got to roll back at 11 or midnight to grab something or do something because something's driving me crazy. And there's Caleb Lohner in the gym by himself getting up shots. Lohner on the steal. Out ahead of everybody. Trouble, baby. My goodness. That's what we've been waiting for. My goal here is to challenge myself academically, on the basketball court, and then really just to work as hard as I can and help this BOU basketball team win games. Coach Pope says this all the time. He says, what you give in to the team will come back like full fold. Sometimes when you get a heralded freshman, they think that they know everything or they think that they're better than everyone. Where Caleb's freshman mind is, coach, give it to me straight. Tell me how I can just be on the floor. What do I need to do? So I think understanding that basketball is more than a game, I think to everyone that means something different. But for me, I think basketball has just taught me so much that nothing else could have taught me. And I've already noticed all the things that my life has been blessed with through the game of basketball. So why not keep going and trying to get to the next level? Deep Blue with Caleb Lohner. How do you not love that guy? He so, he seems like such a great hang. Like he seems so fun. Yes. So when we did the uh, practice broadcast, I I mentioned hey six eight two fifteen, and two fifteen was not his weight. It was it was listed a little light. So he came up to me after, and in the nicest way possible, he said, "Hey, do I look like I'm two fifteen? <laughs> he said, I, "I'm two thirty. And I so I said to the sports information director, I said, "Hey, so you know, Caleb, like in front of him, hey, so you know, Caleb's two thirty. He's he is hilarious. Like yeah, I, I knew that he was next level when he walked out of the locker room after one of the early games this year with a cutoff jean shirt <laughs> and a hat on backwards, and I was like, spontaneous. It's, it's a little right? bit different, yeah. and I love it. 
Um, and he joked he was uh, very self-deprecating about fouling out. And then the next game I saw him, I was like, hey, you only had three fouls? He's like, I know! <laughs> <laughs> so it was well documented at the beginning of the year. He struggled to shoot the three. started about 13. No one's really talked about this since, but he's 6 of 16, which is 38%. BYU's leading rebounder? And then he's the 73% free throw shooter. That tells you he's a good shooter from the free throw line, right? And, uh, yeah, leading rebounder, not just that, off the bench. He started four games, but he's doing it off the bench. So right now on this team with three seniors, he's a he's a 6.7 rebound a game guy. He can improve his field goal percentage, 41. That's mainly because he missed those 13 threes at the beginning of the year. Otherwise, he'd be in the high 40s, low 50s. But uh, the Lone Ranger, I like that. Nice job. I, he, he's, a, he's a valuable asset. He was a big get for BYU. Oh. They wanted him. We're disappointed when they didn't when he signed with Utah, but then uh, transferred down here, and it's been great to have him. The excitement was real. I, every time BYU gets a big recruit or a transfer, I love the same uh, BYU basketball gift that comes out of the coaches waving Excited. a pom-pom yeah. and blowing a Which party horn. Which was from horn. when Yoli Child said he was coming back. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Okay, coming up, today's Rise and Shadow. Plus, prop picks for Pepperdine. Maybe some other alliteration awesomeness. This is BYU Sports Nation. Deep Blue on BYU Sports Nation is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. It's a podcast. It's free. You can download it, subscribe, rate, and review as well. Let's, uh, Jerem, get to our prop picks. Presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Recapping last night and BYU's dominant performance against Portland, Number one was asked, which BYU bench player will have the most points? I said it would be Connor Harding. He had nine. You went with our deep blue feature, Caleb Lohner, who also had nine. Richard Harward was the correct answer with 12 points. He came back in the game after the injured wrist or elbow and was pretty good. Uh, Mark Pope actually kind of held his hand for a moment, and I thought, is Mark using his med school knowledge to assess him for a moment? Why is he holding his hand? It was his Miyagi moment. Exactly. Nice. Cobra Kai. Just finished season three over the week. Woo! <laughs> uh, which BYU bench player will have the highest field goal percentage, minimum three attempts? Uh, I said Caleb Lohner, four of six, 67%. You said uh, Richard Harward. He was five of five for 100%. Go, Big Rich! So, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, Richard Harward won that. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, it's hard to beat 100%. Indeed. <laughs> Number three. What will be the BYU margin of victory, as always, closest without going over? We both undershot this pick. I had BYU by 19. You had the 17-plus angle. BYU won by 28. So technically I win, but I still feel like I was kind of a long way away. So that one feels cheap, but it's, it's, it's a cheap win. Big wins, man. So that's a 2 to nothing lead, but that yep. doesn't mean it's over. Let's go. 2-0 going well, into prob- the Pepperdine probably, game. Probably, but let's pick anyway. Okay, Ben, what have you uh, manufactured up for us today in the prop picks for Pepperdine? Well, we'll start the first prop pick with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's 28 assists against Portland were two more than they had in the three previous games. Wow. Yep. So, how many assists will BYU have total against Pepperdine? Closest to without going over. BYU averages 17, but I like what they were coming off of against Portland, so I'm going to say 20. I go 18, just right above that. Ooh, okay. All right. All right, prop pick number two. Which combination will result in more combined points? K 
Kessler Edwards and Colby Ross or Alex Barcelo and Matt Harms? I hope it's the BYU tandem, but I think it's going to be Kessler Edwards and Colby Ross. I was wondering if Elder Kessler from Saturday's Warrior would be an option. He is not. Uh, but I'm going with Matt Harms and Alex Barcelo. I think Harms found something last night that perhaps he'll uh, uh, take to Pepperdine or Provo against Pepperdine Saturday. Nice pull from Saturday before. Oh, I'm all about it, man. Where are these Spencer, children coming down? Tell you that's who we were actually talking about in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. All right, BYU shot 57% from the field against Portland or are shooting 47% for the fit for the season. Against Pepperdine, will the Cougars shoot more or less than their season average of 47%? Oh, good vibes only. Some relaxed blue goggles on here. BYU's going to shoot better than 47% their season average. So I'm going over here, Ben. I'm going a little less. So 45, 46%, something like that. The funny thing is, they still win those games, right? They they don't shoot the ball, but they still win because of toughness, as uh, Greg Rebell said of this team. Okay, those are your prop picks for Pepperdine. Do these give me added swag? Yes. You look like you're on vacay. Okay. Yeah, a lot of time I wish I were on vacay. Okay. (laughs) Our question of the day. Based on comments from uh, Lions head coach Dan Campbell and Shaq's comments to Donovan Mitchell, what's the funniest or most awkward moment in BYU sports? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resorts. From at Glemonade 11. Oh, Eric. Michelle Peralta. Next question. <laughs> 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 Laughing emoji. <laughs> you don't know? Look it up. Okay, today's rising shout outs are presented by Mount Samaritan Credit Union, guiding you forward. Matt Harms, 23 points, 9 of 9 from the field, didn't miss a shot. Second most makes without a miss in BYU history. Also, Hank Aaron, who passed away. Uh, just the, the goat at hitting homers, man, broke Babe Ruth's record. Yeah, he will always, even though he's not the record holder anymore, he'll still be, in my mind, the greatest home run hitter. Oh, 100%. It it is what it is. Okay. Uh, Our thanks to today's guest, Greg Rubel, the intelligent wordsmith. And sorry to Dennis Pitt, it ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to another guy who had swag in 2008, Lamont Morgan Jr. Oh, yeah. See you back here on Monday in Studio B for BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs over the weekend.